You are listening to the Ingredients for Success podcast, where you can consume dietary supplement industry best practices, trends, recent news, and other insights provided through interviews and discussions with members of the Stratum team and seasoned industry execs. Welcome back to the Ingredients for Success podcast. I'm Andrew Rice, and today we have Yadim Medor. He's the founder and CEO of Pure Branding, um, and we're going to be discussing in this the ROI of transparency and several other things with Yadim today. So, Yadim, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Andrew. Thanks very much. Good to be here with you. Yeah, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came on. Um, you couldn't come here, but you came on to the show. Um, through Skype, appreciate you joining. Um, yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's get this thing started. I want to first say that we f- we we met. So I want to take us back a couple years now, almost a couple years maybe. We first met at the MBJ Summit, I think, wasn't it? One of those summits. It was the CRN conference. That's right. It was this was that your first industry conference? That was that was my first. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I I would think I was in the industry for a couple of months at that point. Yeah, I remember that well. Yeah, so I reached out. Yadim was gracious enough to respond to a LinkedIn message. I saw, I went and I looked at uh, who was going to be speaking, and I thought, hey, pure branding. I came from the marketing world, branding, blah blah blah. I thought, okay, this is a guy I need to connect with. He um, seems very smart. Looks like he has it all together. I need to get to know him because I knew in literally you're the first person in the industry that I had met. <laughs> so, oh, I hope you bonded me, with me like a baby bird bonds with their mother. I did. I feel like I have. Now you may regret it at this point, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, mean, well, I mean, I think what's been amazing is how simpatico you know we are. We kind of um, you know speak the same language, finish each other's sentences. Yeah, we already do that. That's pretty. Yeah. It's weird, but we do that. So, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think it, it's been great. It's been great. Got to know him uh, a little bit about his son and some stuff. There's some familiar stuff there. He's doing an app, and I've gotten to talk to him about that because of the other world I live in with websites and apps, and that's been fun. And he's a great kid, and um, you should be proud of him too. Thank you. Yeah, you've been a huge help. This is my son Elijah, who has just launched a a new uh, fitness weightlifting app on the iOS app store called Iron. Doing well. I saw uh, there's a, there's quite a few downloads. I went and sp- I uh, spied on him the other day. Yeah, they're hoping to get picked up uh, app of the week. And um, once they do, I think that'll be a breakthrough for them. Their, their reviews are amazing. I mean, they're getting people sending them, you know, like five page emails with all the things they love and suggestions for the next version. And just incredibly, I couldn't believe how engaged his audience is. Yeah, no, that's no, that is amazing. Um, great to get that feedback uh, in our business too, right? It's always great to get feedback. Figure out where you're screwing up, where you're doing, where you're doing all right, what you can fix. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, so Yudim and I do go back just a little ways, um, and so um, I wanted to get him on here. He's been. Um, talking about transparency, I think you might have been talking about some of the stuff leading up to this when I first met you there. Uh, um, I think you were talking on a similar topic. Yeah, we've been talking about transparency 
for years before anybody really was talking about transparency. So it's it's been um, a longstanding topic of of both uh, passion, uh, interest, um, and uh, real value for for the work we do and our clients. Yes, and it uh, more and more more and more important. Um, I mean, all the time, um, and with new regulations and, and, and rules all the time and who knows where it's going to go. There's some, there's some leaders of the pack when it comes to brands and ensuring that their transparency from, what do they say, from, from, uh, from soil to oil, from, you know, farm to table type, that whole thing, uh, supply chain transparency and, um, ingredient transparency. And it's, it's huge. Consumers want to know what the, what the world they're consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, a couple of questions to, to kind of just start up, start us off here. Um, the, um, most exciting brand you've seen in a while within the natural supplement space, something that just sticks out. It can't be one of our clients. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be. If you really think it is, you know what? I'm I'm all about it. If it's one of your clients and you think it is, let's do it. I'm I'm incredibly excited about um, our one, our client Persona. Um, they started as Vitamin Packs um, about a year ago, and we helped rebrand them. They now are uh, on the market as Persona, and they are meeting that intersection of. Um, uh, digitally native brand and personalization and just doing a really incredible job um, with great, really, it's, it's, it's really an incredible service that they're offering more than a product. Um, people fill out a short uh, health intake questionnaire. Um, there's an algorithm that keeps getting refined and updated with the latest science and it spits out their recommended nutritional program. There's access to um, nutritionists on staff at any time. Um, it's really, uh, you know, to me, it's, this is where the future is going. I couldn't agree more. And I knew you were going to say that. So, um, we do finish each other's sentences and, and I feel like I, I knew what you were going to say. I, I too, I've checked them out, you know, um, I think you mentioned them in one of our last conversations and I went and checked them out and yeah, uh, great job with their branding. Um, great, great job with their messaging. And, and I feel like, uh, you all help them a great deal with that. And, uh, yeah, everything they're doing is, I, I, f- I feel 100% cotton, uh, confident it's the future as well. So, um, okay. Next question I'm going to ask is most exciting brand. Okay. And yes, it's okay. It can be a customer. It can be a customer of yours. Most exciting brand in the food and the the functional food and beverage category. Oh, that's a tough one. You should, should have prepped me for this one. I would have thought a little. Um, I know, but I like to do you know unprepped, and you you're a lot more entertaining unscripted, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So, uh, do I have a specific brand? It could be a couple. I mean, if you don't want to. I mean, it could be a couple. Maybe it's just instead of a brand, you know what? Let's go category within functional food and beverage. 
Yeah, well, I, we're working in the space, so I'm, you know, I would immediately go to the CBD category, which is obviously hitting both, both the yeah supplement, uh-huh. although it's not legally a dietary supplement yet, right? And, and the functional food and beverage space. So, you know, just the the wild west of CBD right now is 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 staggering, but it's it's a ingredient to be reckoned with, and I think the next, you know, the next evolution of the space as nascent as it is, is, is really starting to define brand. You know, it, it kind of started as a, a commodity space, really. People are just looking for the ingredient. They can't get enough of the ingredient. They'll buy anything that says CBD on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now brands are going to start to kind of form out of the quagmire. Um, right. You right. Know, and, 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 and that's exciting to see that starting to happen. Yes. Yeah, it, it is. A, it's exciting. It's a, an exciting category. Um, yeah, it hit everything by storm. You know, a couple years ago, a year. It just keeps. It just keeps hitting things hard. Every everywhere we go, um, all the events and summits and trade shows. Um, you know, you didn't ask me my opinion on either one of these questions, so that's cool. I'm just gonna interject. Uh, in, in my opinion, um, Andrew, what do you think is the most? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Eudine. Thanks. Um, I don't know, man. I tell you what, I'm gonna have to go customer on this too. And the only reason I do this, and this is not a shameless plug, I'm just, I have been, and I know, you know, when you're in the industry, uh, I feel like you, you. I don't know you to be a responsible steward of the industry you should probably adhere to practices we preach right so i i feel like so like the whole 30 whole eating all that kind of led me to um just a, a lot cleaner uh eating habits and 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 uh, uh more healthy um, fitness related lifestyle and uh so i think uh the vegan and the thing like beyond meats and um and what is it the impossible and there's a bunch of some of those those functional some of those foods out there that i think are pretty interesting especially now they're going mainstream um do you hear a bunch of noise in the background right now or is that just me I'm hearing a little hiss coming out of your, out of my uh, speaker from you. Oh, you know what it is? Well, I'm going to have to apologize to the audience. My computer is like, I feel like it's overheating on me right now. Oh, that's what it is. I was like, what in the world? It sounds like an airplane. You're going to cut this out though. You're not going to just leave it running, are you? No, I'm going to leave it running. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. It's real. Right. Oh, keeping it real. Yeah, keeping it real, man. You're a shoddy producer. Yeah, I know. It's either laziness or just keeping it real, right? Um. Anyway. Uh. Okay. One last one. We'll get to it. The biggest lesson you deem you've learned in business to date. Wow, that is a wide open question. Wide open, man. Just like something that's hitting at you right i mean hitting home right now or something you do what you love yeah do what you love i love this industry and so um you know i can't imagine doing what i do for any other industry so um you know i I was i was raised to 
you know, with this idea of, um, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. And I hold that to be very true. Dang. I would concur, man. That's I, I, I say that all the time. I, I feel it. I, I believe it. Like you have, man, if you don't love what you do, go find something else to do. Cause life is, you know, yeah. about so much more. Right. Um, so it's interesting. I have a, co- I have a colleague who's a consultant and he, he always says that attitude is BS. He's like, that is such a luxury of living in a first world country. To <laughs> like, it's like to say you have to love your career, you know, in most places, you know, you just gotta, you know, go do your labor so you can put food on the table and, you know, you're lucky if you have a hobby that you enjoy on the side. And then we have it really lucky to be able to say, you know, you have to love your work. Yeah. Grateful we live in a culture here um, where we can choose a vocation that we love versus just have to put food on the table. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. And I, I don't, I would have to not, I, I would have to say that um, I think we wake up every day with choices. And one of those is whether or not we want to keep going to the, you know, the grindstone we, we hate to show up for. And, and, uh, I, I think that definitely is one now, obviously you have, um, we're not going to go all philosophical, uh, but, uh, I feel like that's a, that's definitely a decision, right? Like cause that affects the happiness of the home and affects the, your, your relationships it affects everything around you. I mean, you're here eight hours, 10, 12, however many hours sometimes we are. It's, uh, and not to mention it affects your work, the output, Right. If you if we're happy and we're passionate and we love what we do, it's going to show in our work. And I think that that speaks volumes um, for the companies that we work for and for our customers. And 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 it's just better all the way around. So hogwash to those who say it's not a choice. I feel like it is Uh, now. okay, geographically speaking, yes, we are a little bit more fortunate. But anyway, okay, let's get to it, man um we're, we're not done i thought that, that was well boy oh were we oh did i cut that off too quick did you want to go longer on that we're done with the podcast i think we've oh we covered it well no i got to get this in here man like you did some really hard work and some pretty amazing stuff here with the the roi of transparency and i would feel like the audience really isn't getting what they probably should get out of this podcast than a couple of dudes rambling <laughs> so um What's your background, Yadim, and how did you find yourself with so much focus like within the nutraceutical space? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. So I, I grew up um, in a household where there was a lot of focus on health and wellness as a child. And my, my parents were 1970s health food store enthusiasts. They were also classical musicians. Um, but you know this was back when most natural foods were in bulk bins and brown paper bags you know this was before the dawn of the modern um natural products industry and then um i went to school uh, later on for liberal arts and drama but ended up circuit circuit circuitously in in brand strategy and, and market research um and then personally i've had a lot of direct experience with integrative and complementary medical approaches. I don't think I ever told, did I tell you that when I was in college, I contracted hep B, hepatitis B? No. So I, I got hep B in, in college 
um, but I was never sick with it. I became Eesh. a carrier. Oh. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sick, but I could make other people sick. And um, an integrative practitioner um, who my family's been seeing, you know, to this very day, <clears throat> when I first started working with him, maybe, um, I don't even know, 20 years ago, uh, he reversed my carrier status working with medicinal herbs. And the conventional specialists I was seeing at that time were completely dumbfounded. Um, you know, it's just not possible for, for that to happen. And so my respect for this whole category of integrative health and wellness, dietary supplements and herbs in particular, um, has really remained to this day. And so the business that I built here um, was was designed to support the brands in this space. Um, so I, I keep forgetting wow. to go back and ask him how, how he did it. <laughs> so, wow. but he did it. That's, that's, uh, that's a crazy tie in. Um, huh, no, I didn't know that. Okay. So real quick, I mean, you you're at pure branding, you, you're, you're the founder. Um, what was your vision starting? Well, business. I started pure branding about 20 years ago, originally with a focus on the larger natural product sector as a whole, uh, including a lot of food and beverage brands. But we began to specifically focus on dietary supplements and the nutraceutical industry because, quite frankly, it's a more complex industry where we saw brands making the same types of mistakes over and over again. And we saw our expertise become very valuable in, in helping to transform their businesses. So from that, uh, you know, I know that you've worked, you've worked with many brands, um, a lot of really some, some of the, some of the biggest brands out there within the space, some of the ones that have really grown and, and matured well and continue to adapt and conform as the, the industry has, has evolved. Um, Okay, well, I'm just going to go straight into the next one. This is why we're here. Um, you know, we are really here. I wanted, I, you know, I love talking to you, as always, but I really wanted to talk a uh, little bit about the, the, ROI, the ROI of transparency, um, the, the market research study that you have um, that you've been working so diligently on, you and your team. Um, and you said it was developed um, because of consumer demand and that like one in five consumers um, are choosing a transparent brand now over others. Um, and, and this was developed uh, with finished product brands in mind. Is that, is that right? Do I, do I have that right? The report is relevant to all brands in, in the vitamin supplement space, um, personal care, and food and beverage space. Um, so we have an we have an overall report in general on transparency, and then we have special reports on on those um, particular verticals. Okay, and then your team conducted the actual market research study uh, from which this data was collected. Is that yes? Right? Yeah, we've been conducting um, for about for the twenty years we've been in existence. We've been doing a lot of custom market research. Uh, for our clients, whether that's uh, consumer research for, for brands in the retail space um, or uh, customer research uh, for a lot of the direct to professional brands. And recently we've begun publishing 
these um, syndicated reports to make our insights available to a wider audience. Um, and our, our team includes uh, quantitative and qualitative research experts, uh, including a, a PhD in uh, uh, statistical analysis. Hmm. So they're probably much better with statistics than myself. I think I, I, I think I passed that class in college. But anyway, um, okay. So so in this report, it sounds like you've pulled together and summarized like a ton of aspects of transparency that brands need to be aware of and consider when when going through um, the steps. Uh, of becoming uh, more transparent, um, like what some may consider uh, probably a pretty overwhelming process. Um, so, the, so the report also gives some direction on some like transparency practices uh, that, that somebody could focus on first and which ones uh, to kind of like to not focus on. Um, could you give us an example, Yadim, of, of an area that a company should not focus on or invest uh, when, the, when they're making, you know, strides towards uh, gaining more transparency? Yeah, well, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it. At the, at the bottom of the list was management and community at, at 11 and 10% respectively. Um, but even those numbers increase when we look through the lens of a millennial audience. So the real takeaway shouldn't mm -hmm. be what not to focus on is there's no downside. The research basically said there's no downside to sharing any and all practices. Uh, consumers are, are looking for um, you to share as much as you can. So what's important is where to start. Um, and the most important, what I, what I call the must-haves that came out of the report are about ingredient labeling, and that had to do with you know GMOs, uh, preservatives, additives, synthetics. Okay. Um, the second, uh, standards on safety and toxicity testing, and the third, uh, the science behind the the product claims. So, um, you know, uh, those are almost cost of entry in the category at this point. What what came up as the next series? What I call the differentiators. Uh, were factory conditions, the environment, third-party verification, growing, processing, sourcing. Um, all of those were important to um, at, at the next level. So, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit of information that will, will hopefully be helpful to your audience. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I hope that I hope that more and more people want to become um, you know, want to take data like you're offering and, and be able to, to be, a, I just feel like, you know, whether you're talking about marketing or, or, um, your strict strategy, anything that you're talking about, um, within what you and I do, um, within, you know, within this industry, I, I don't know how anybody gets by without data. Like, I just, I really, I really don't know at this point, like, um, there's so many, I mean, there's so many ways you can go with almost everything. And I mean, yeah, you're going to go through your exercises of, of identifying your, your, your customers and, 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 you know, what they, what they, uh, what their pain points are and how you need to message to them. Um, you know, 
I feel like still there's a whole large chunk of people that base a lot of very important marketing or business decisions um, on hunches and on gut feeling, whether that's based on experience that they've had or whatever. But I kind of feel like as technology evolves, as the consumer evolves and becomes more and more aware and and there's more things that are transparent, like you really have to rely on data and those hunches are good. You know, those gut feelings are good. Yeah, I think what's interesting is so many of the companies in the space started from those gut hunches and intuition, right? This is a a space that, you know, was started by people who were passionate about what they were doing, not necessarily business people. Um, But at a certain stage in, in their evolution in order to grow further, it needs to shift from those kind of gut gut decisions that that got you so far into um, more rational data driven decisions. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great. Point. See a lot, yeah, yeah. We we see a lot of confirmation bias as the as the uh, technical where <laughs> you know where you basically believe what you believe everybody else believes. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's interesting because as a whole, what the study showed was that. Um, Consumers have a have a somewhat negative view of the supplement industry's transparency relative to under relative to other industries, and so only 16% chose it as one of the most transparent industries. So mm-hmm. the supplement industry is viewed less transparent than technology, than food and beverage, uh, than personal care, or even the healthcare industries. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a you know a, a huge improvement related to transparency that vitamin supplement companies uh, can still make um, and a company that's willing to disrupt uh, traditional transparency so what I what I call there's a lot of companies out there now saying they're transparent but they're really kind of just doing a shallow version of it revealing just a little so those companies willing to disrupt that paradigm could experience significant growth And, and we saw that when we work with with Gaia Herbs a number of years ago and, and developed their their rebrand and, and position in the market. And as, as part of that, we developed their transparency platform, Meet Your Herbs, which was really the first um, robust uh, supplement uh, transparency initiative. Um, and that led to tripling their sales um, in a really short amount of time in a, in a period of three to four years. Yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a uh, great timing then. It's 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 almost it's a have to now. There's no better timing. Um, it's just going to get harder and harder for those brands that that are are like you said, almost more just surface level, just touching the surface of of, of some transparency. Um, so so at the at the at the end of it all, um, you know, as these brands. Um, you know, maybe some of the ones that still haven't pulled the trigger on just going, even maybe just going deeper into it. Maybe they've started, but they haven't gone any deeper. Um, what, in your opinion, is the real value of, you know, overarchingly, what is the real value yep. of transparency? Well, and looking and looking at the insights we got from this, the survey, um, it's, it's clear that being perceived as transparent adds to a company's brand value. Um, so there's no risk in, in moving forward with um, a transparency initiative, but a, a company that is perceived as not transparent risks negative consequences. 
-hmm. It's no longer the case that transparency is a plus. Right. And its absence just is a missed opportunity. If, if you're perceived as non-transparent, you're actively damaging your brand's reputation. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, with that, a company's bottom line. So if, if company leadership at this point doesn't have a transparency strategy, they're going to fall victims to competitors who do. Yeah. No, that's, that's good stuff, man. Um, so, um, okay, so we've talked about this. I think I get it. I'm, I'm sure the, the audience gets it. And I know everybody n knows it. I, everybody feels it, right? Maybe yeah. because of, uh, I mean, there's just always these things that get in the way. You know, we've, you know, here we, we work in traction and we've always got these rocks in front of us that, that we need to get to. Um, but when then we have these day-to-day -day things that we have to do from a day-to-day -day perspective that might get in the way of some of those, and that can happen. But I don't know of um, – there's just a few other things I would put in this on the same level of what companies really have to, to move forward on, um, like, right now if they're not. And so well, – it's really, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting because and, – and this is an observation we have in, in working with clients, not from the consumer side um, – of why this is such a challenge for so many companies. And I was, you know, it was a, a couple of years ago at Expo, I was musing about that actually with, with Rick Scalzo, the founder of Gaia, because um, we were pondering like, you know, why haven't other companies basically started doing what, what Gaia is doing? And at that, during that conversation, the light bulb went off for me. It's that being transparent means being vulnerable and that can be terrifying. And so there's a lot of fear at the root of companies, um, you know, uh, taking slow steps towards this because there's there's so many functional groups involved in decision making about transparency with an organization, and and that in itself is hard when you have groups in working in different silos and and one group uh, wanting one thing and another group saying, oh, that's going to hurt us if we mm -hmm. do that. So bringing everyone together in alignment around what you know, what the benefits are to the, the, the business um, and getting through that fear of, you know, are we going to be revealing too much? Will it put us at a competitive disadvantage? How much do we share? How do we be transparent about what we're not sharing? All, all of those things come into play. Um, but it, it, it brings up a lot of fear. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm sure there's some... I think there's I'm, I'm sure there's some infrastructure operational process. There's some other things that that, that, that are, are hoops to jump through as well for companies. Um, but, yeah, I could see fear being the the uh, the leading contributor to why, um, you know, brands don't. But I think to your point, you know, if 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 we can uh, get together as a team and agree this is the way that we are moving and then the executive branch leads that charge. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like uh, that's, that's going to be the, the, the most uh, effective companies are those that do that, that rally around that, you know, that same strategy. So the, so, so on this study, I, I know um, on the report that you did, so there's also a more specific report and you've broken that down um, into several different categories. Um, what, 
what categories um, did you you actually decide to focus on uh, with the other report? Yeah, so the the special reports um, that go into more detail around the specific verticals are for vitamin supplement companies, personal care companies, and food and beverage companies. Um, and so you know, we're hoping that this consumer study will provide um, companies listening you know, what, what are the starting steps to know what transparency practices to focus on that are going to bring the, the most ROI? And, you know, just like we just spoke of our intentions to reassure them that there actually is real value in becoming transparent. And if you don't make um, a move toward that, there's a risk to the business. And then, you know, ultimately we, the, the, the report addresses, you know, the, an understanding of your listener's pain and so we found, you know, kind of three situations your listeners could be in. You know, they might be aware of the need for transparency, but having trouble convincing others in their organization. Um, so the report addresses that mm -hmm. challenge. Um, if you're being forced to make your company transparent, but don't know where to start, um, it'll give you the data you need to help prioritize your decision making. Um, hey, Yadim. Hey, man, I'm going to have to call you out. I have been hoping, I have been waiting on Yadim to do this because in the beginning of this, he says, hey, man, give me a sign, give me a signal if, if at, at any point I sound like I'm reading. So not only did you sound like it, I'm looking at you, Deem, and, and you did a really good job, but you're reading it, man. So I'm calling you out, I'm calling you out. But it sounded really good. It sounded really good. So do continue, but... I just had to, uh, I had to make that public and call you out. I've been publicly shamed. Yes. Well, now I might as well just read the third bullet point. Yeah, read it. Department wants to know who is driving the need for transparency in the dietary supplement industry and what's important to them. This report gives marketers the data they need. How's that for a good? Dude, that was good. That was like teleprompter. That was really good. So, okay. But yeah, yeah. Can you cover those? Again, uh, <laughs> vitamin and supplement, personal care and food and beverage uh, okay. reports. Um, for your listeners, we're offering a special code. Uh, just type in stratum as the promo code and you'll get $250 off any report bundle. And to purchase it, just go to purebranding.com slash transparency. Sweet. I didn't even have to ask you for that. You had that already scripted. And the, the, hey, you didn't sound like you read that either. That was good. That was really good. I'm impressed, you, Dean. Okay, so can you say the address again so they have it? Yep. It's uh, purebranding, P-U-R-E-B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G.com forward slash transparency. Okay. The, uh, code, the code for the $250 off is Stratum. None other than Stratum. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, yeah, dude, uh, thanks for sharing that. Awesome. You gave, you gave the listeners here a code. Um, I hope you all were able to, uh, glean something out of this, uh, around transparency. Um, I know it's been good as always to hear about it straight from Yadim and it was, uh, awesome talking to you, uh, Yadim as, as always, um, tell hi to the fam, your son, hopefully everything's going, uh, well, uh, continues going well for him. And um, I'm sure we'll have you on again talking about something else at another time. Maybe. We got to talk next time. We got to talk about the top 12 mistakes that supplement brands make. Is that it? Is that what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the top 12 okay. supplement branding mistakes.
All right, that's what we're going to do then. I'd, I'm going to love that one. And I'm going to, yep, we're going to have to be nice and no name. Call. We, can't, we can't call anybody, anybody out. Okay. You'll recognize who you are, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think, I think they probably always do. So, anyway, hey, thanks for coming on, man. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. You've been listening to the Stratum Ingredients for Success podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.